right. Welcome back to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Happy holidays to everybody. It's the uh, Christmas Eve edition. Who, be- who else better uh, to, for, for such a big uh, big occasion to have on with us than our uh, recurring returning champion, Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Ha- happy holidays, sir. Uh, you, uh, you, you, uh, you pumped for the holiday, or are you more excited to see who plays quarterback for the football team? It's going to be a great week because you know we get Friday off and we'll have to go out to practice. The team's going to practice, but we won't be there, which is nice. Get to hang with the family, and then uh, big game, big game Sunday. We get to watch the Giants, get to watch these guys, and uh, uh, I don't know. We could have celebratory NFC's title game hats. We could, uh, uh, you know, they could be behind. They could be uh, entering a win and get in against Philly. Uh, a lot of fun scenarios. I'm excited to see it play out. Absolutely. Um... I just so I this is completely random. So uh, we're talking. It's one uh, thirty on uh, Thursday. The team is literally practicing right now. We'll we'll hear from Ron Rivera later. But they they've given us some practice updates. One of them was that Thomas Davis wasn't at practice, which I am only mentioning because it looks like his wife just retweeted me saying he was he wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, she because she had a comment earlier in the year as well when he got a veteran. This, this is a guy who gets a lot of Veterans Days off for uh, not having played many snaps this year. So uh, that's that's been one of you, you've written about it too. That's been one of the true mysteries of the season. Uh, and then of course the other one, Terry McLaurin, who you know he's played through some stuff this year. That is that is concerning if you don't have Terry McLaurin though. He, he's he's done a lot of work even when he's not catching passes. He's been a very valuable decoy. Yeah, at at a hundred percent for sure. So um, we're going to talk about. The quarterback situation, obviously, and whatever else we get into, we get into. Uh, as it stands, again, we'll, we'll hear from Ron Rivera after practice. Alex Smith is doing some work on the side. Dwayne Haskins is taking the first team reps. This is, of course, one day after we learned that Dwayne Haskins is not being suspended, that he will be a, he will be eligible to play this week should they need him. And depending on which national reporter you want to listen to right this minute, that's up for – they may very well need him because Schefter is – saying right now on Twitter that it's going to be quote challenging that's it's quoting him not him quoting somebody else challenging for Alex Smith to possibly go this week while the NFL network is going more like well Alex is uh you know there's some promise it sounds like it's promising for him uh, we'll see about that what the media is not out there today because it's raining they go indoors that means no no not not no, none of us are out there so we can't see it the fact that Alex Smith wasn't doing anything yesterday when we were there had me concerned he wasn't even stretching so I was a little bit concerned about that uh, we'll get to the Haskins of, of it all in a minute but um, I, I don't know man I I guess we'll just have to see I didn't Rivera tell us yesterday that Alex Smith had a good day of practice he did um, it, 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 I'll say this though I'll jump right into the main event here you, you can channel your inner Stephen A. Smith and, and tell me I'm wrong because I think you speak for this, the, the fan base uh, the majority of the fan base at least on the issue to me if Alex Smith can't go Sunday that is not a compelling reason to give Dwayne Haskins clemency uh, or leniency for the things that happen. That to me is not how being a coach of a professional football team works, that, that there are rules, but the rules only matter if you're eliminated from playoff contention or it's the off season. If it's inconvenient to the team, then apparently the rules don't apply. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, I don't think we need to rehash the whole thing. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably aware that Dwayne Haskins was <laughs> was caught, uh, pictures surfaced on social media, he was caught wearing not wearing a mask, being out and about Sunday 
uh, after the game, strippers were involved, but not at a strip club. Go, go read, go read uh, Michael in the Richmond Times Dispatch, or uh, we we have we have something about it up on the Athletic as well. You can read that for, for the details. But again, I'm assuming you're kind of up to speed on that. So so the yeah, so this gets to the idea of what 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 should Ron Rivera have done? First of all ridiculous per predicament he got put in because of this quarterback, this quarterback who was over and over and over again, showed bouts of immaturity and it's beyond frustrating. I mean, I, I bailed on buying in completely on Haskins back with the selfie a year ago. And I had so many people tell me I was a moron and overreacting and I would, would love, wish I'd kept the list. <laughs> I wish I'd kept the list of who told me that, but in any event, this is another, <laughs> this is another bad of that. I, I, I Let's get into this like this. Every team does things differently. The Houston Texans just had a bunch of players at some advantage of Sean Watson's new restaurant opening, including Deshaun Watson, that apparently they were there not wearing a mask out and about around each other. And the, each player was only fined money. Deshaun Watson was fined $7,500, so on and so on. I know they have a, like a weird situation right now, interim coach and things like that, but that's how they did it. Has there been a player... I'm not positive. You you probably would know. Has there been a player this year suspended a game because of being caught without wearing a mask, regardless of anything else? It just has that happened this year? That has not happened this year. There also okay. has not been Dwayne is the first player to get uh double caught in the COVID protocols. That that he is the first in that as well. Sure. Now, so the, the, the previous caught for him was although he was, I, I'll I'll jump in because I I could say with the Broncos situation, you could say it was almost like they were suspended a game because the NFL didn't allow them to play, although it was not a formal suspension. Everybody got paid. Right. And the NFL, that's sort of where the lot, the bar keeps moving constantly with what sort of how the NFL is, is, is doing and when they choose to, to, to do some things. So I, I guess, so with regards to that, um, and you, you mentioned he's been uh, dinged twice for this. The first time wasn't technically without a mask. He was arranging to have some relative come stay at a hotel with him when they were playing the Giants up in New York, uh, which was a no-no. The team got wind of it. They find him, but the the, uh, the the party, the other party did not actually show up. Dwayne has been a repeat violator just on being the immaturity bout multiple, on multiple fronts. And part of the reason why he was benched after week four was the immaturity. Uh, I am with you. I have preached all year that if Ron Rivera gets nothing else out of this year, you know, you know we didn't know how the playoffs, the division would unfold or all that, you know, the one thing he could get done this year is uh, help turn this culture around, right? Get everybody going on the same, you know, understanding what it means to be part of a winning team, what the Washington football team will tolerate and accept going forward. That's a message to the players in the building, to anybody who's going to come in later. I think by and large, that message has been received. Even when they were struggling earlier in the year, you had vets, other players coming in and constantly saying, I like what Ron Rivera is saying. I like the communication. He tells us what we need to do. This has gone all the way through. I know part of that is he obviously was going through a lot of personal matters, but nonetheless, that has that we've seen that. And obviously, they have played better as the season's gone along. Even last week when they lost, they almost you know they came back and rallied and got close. They've done that repeatedly. They look like a team that buys in. So I think could we maybe to some degree say at least to the point that he said what he said about Dwayne. He decided what he decided on Haskins. Fair to say that the culture has been is changing or that people have bought into that point? I completely agree with that. I, I think that's one of been, been one of the great success stories of the season. 
Okay. So, all right. So we're good at that point. So when the news comes down on Monday night or, you know, I guess it's really Tuesday, I should say. Monday night is when the gossip started flying and the pictures were being passed around. But on Tuesday is when we started getting wind that, okay, this is a real thing. The team is aware. Um, Haskins is going to be in some sort of a trouble, but we don't know exactly what yet. And then we come to find out on Wednesday, he's been stripped of his captaincy. He's fined $40,000, which is roughly 60% or so of his weekly salary, which is, I, I believe, I, uh, according to, uh, I think what I saw out there, the largest fine that somebody, a player has, been, has received because of a COVID violation. Yep. And, but he's able, he's able to play. Now, and my immediate reaction prior to hearing that this was going to happen, not, sorry, prior to the learning that Haskins was in trouble was, big moment for Rivera. Does he, does he stick with the culture talk or does he, let Haskins play huge, huge decision. And I was right with you in terms of like, you gotta, you gotta sit him. And in part, look, let's be real. I mean, I'm not the biggest Dwayne Haskins guy at this point. He played better in the fourth quarter yesterday, but it's not like we've seen a ton of great things out of him this year, regardless. Here's where I switched. Uh, It's easy to say sort of like, well, Ron Rivera sided with the 52 players over the one. Why is he punishing all the other guys? who've played through pain like Morgan Moses, who, who've gone through so many tough times with his organization, like a Ryan Kerrigan. Maybe it's just even their first year, like a Chase Young. Why, why punish them, not to mention the coaches and the scouts, by potentially putting yourself in a position where if Alex Smith can't go, you're down to Steven Montez, who hasn't, who's never played in the NFL, or Tyler Haneke, who's only been here for a, a few weeks. It would be easy just to sort of say that in full. Here's my thing. I think if Dwayne Haskins gets cut when the season's over or traded, I think you can still maintain the notion of the culture because basically you're just saying right now, we have to do something. We, we, we're not going to throw the season away just because this kid's a moron. That's my term. I'm just saying that. I think everybody would concur on some level, some, some, some term of that. If that's too hard for people, you know what I'm saying? Why throw out the entire season for that? We're going to throw him out at the end of the year anyway, one way or the other we're not going to throw away the season for these guys who've worked so hard because of that. Can we, can, can they still maintain the culture? Uh, can Rivera still maintain the idea of fixing the culture, Michael, if you get rid of Haskins at the end of the year? Yeah, man, I understand what you're saying. And I understand the fans feel that way. It is with, with no great joy that I have to tell you though, you are completely wrong on this. I just, how dare it, you? That is not how life works works and and, and so i want to take this from a few different perspectives here one they don't have to cut him cutting is not mandatory to do you could have suspended him for a week let's talk about the benefits of suspending him for a week one you make sure the guy doesn't have COVID. that's not nothing here if he contracted it he might not show it till thursday or friday on the test at which point you've wasted an entire week of practice snaps on a guy who's not playing oh and maybe his wristband says he was in contact with some other people and they can't play now either as well as you know, the NFL is not going to grant you any leniency on this matter if there's some sort of outbreak associated with this. Number two, the Giants are not going to beat the Baltimore Ravens this weekend, so you're going to be playing for the division title next week. That's still in play. That, that, that's a completely reasonable thing to say, and they, they don't have to win this week to win the division. They can win next week as well. I will, I will grant you that it is a tougher game in Philadelphia, particularly if the Eagles have it on the line, but it is a game you can win to make the playoffs. And finally, I would just come back to this notion that you know, you can 
use the kid for his talents and then discard him later and say that was his punishment. That is so not true. Everybody knows that that, that is not what you did. And the whole thing was disingenuous. Look, I'm not an absolutist about this, Ben. I, I understand this is a business that's about winning. And I, I, I would even agree that there is a time and a place where it is appropriate to look the other way uh, on something you would normally not look the other way on in order to achieve a bigger goal. And I, 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 you know, let's say, for example, a few years from now, this team's 13 and three going into the NFC title game and Chase Young does something stupid that Monday. I think that would be a perfectly appropriate time to say, we don't approve of that. We think he's a knucklehead, but we got 52 guys in there that are playing to go to the Super Bowl. We owe it to them to give it our all. Ben, I, I'm just going to lay this out for you. They are six and eight. They're a six and eight football team. They, if they are in any other division, what happens this week is Ron Rivera cuts Dwayne Haskins because they're out of the playoff chase. It doesn't matter. And it's a great opportunity for him to score some cheap points by, by sending a message about culture. Instead, because you've got this mess in the NFCs, everybody is pretending like this is some juggernaut of a team and this is some noble title to be won. And so we must protect that at all causes. And so we must have Dwayne Haskins, who, by the way, is not actually good at being an NFL quarterback, instead of Taylor Heineke, who would be absolutely just fine in his place while you're waiting for Alex Smith to heal. I don't get it. So obviously you and I don't, unfortunately, we don't get to see practices. Um, that's even under normal times. We don't see anything. And there was no preseason. So we have no sense of Steven Montez playing against NFL players. We just have, you know, all we saw was some, some training camp stuff. Now they obviously do see some things. And Ron Rivera said some nice things about both of those quarterbacks at various points. But I, and I would imagine that if given his druthers, Ron Rivera would rather do anything but play Dwayne Haskins. I think, I mean, look, if Kyle Allen was still available, obviously Dwayne wouldn't even, we wouldn't even be having this real conversation because Dwayne wouldn't have been, been playing if you had still had Kyle Allen with Alex Smith. But just in the hypothetical sense that Haskins was ahead of him, if Kyle Allen's available, I don't know if Haskins is even on the team right now. Uh, I think you could make the case, I and mean, I know you were advocating, I believe, just flat out cut him, but even before the, the, this deal went down. And I don't disagree with that, to be honest. Um, but there is some circumstance, right? He is not there. And they see these guys, meaning Montez and Heineke, play. Presumably, they don't think they're up to tough, up to snuff. I mean, last week Montez was going to be the what was Haskins' backup if things had gone haywire. Again, an undrafted rookie free agent. What a world that would have been to see this kid come in. And look, maybe it's even happened this week. I mean, if, if Alex Smith can't go and he's the backup, you know, who knows uh, what, what happens uh, out there. I just have to imagine that Ron Rivera doesn't think that that Montez and Heineke are, are up to snuff. And like I said, I guess the question is. If nobody in the NFL to this point has been suspended a game for it, it's not as if he's breaking precedent off of what's been happening in the league. We're just sort of saying because Dwayne's been a bit of a a mess up, screw up, whatever, at various points and the frustration, and we know that Ron Rivera's frustrated with him and he has preached all this stuff that he should let him go. I suspect all the other coaches in the league also preach culture one way or the other, right? But they're not suspending their guys in these moments either do we give that why why i mean do we think that those coaches are making mistakes by not regardless of why deshaun watson has had one incident that we know of where he made a bad decision and he was dealt with and he was punished 
this Dwayne Haskins thing is not in a vacuum. You know that. I know that. You've done some great reporting on this. Dwayne Haskins has been an immature knucklehead for two full years now. And if he did not have a cannon of an arm, he would not be on any NFL roster right now, let alone getting this fourth, fifth, I don't know, whatever it is, chance in Washington. You are who you are at a certain point. You know, look, at the start of the year, it was, oh, you know, the, the lat, you know, he's like a rookie because he didn't get any, you know, whatever last year. He, he's had two full years in the NFL now. He's not a rookie anymore. He has been immature time and time again. Some things that have been reported, some things that have not been reported. You know that. I know that. He has been wildly immature. He has not represented what you would want your quarterback to be as a leader, as a player, as anything. It, this is not about what's the punishment for a player showing up without a mask on social media. The correct punishment for that is the punishment he was given, a $40,000 fine. I think it's appropriate to cost him his seat. This is about a player who is so immature that he cannot understand why every other player in the locker room is following these rules and not going out, but instead he is able to, and he, think, he thinks he's above those rules, even though he's done nothing to prove it so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think even though it probably sounds like we're disagreeing and Michael has said that I was just completely wrong, uh, I, I should be stripped of my captaincy of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think we disagree really that much. We're basically, we both agree that Dwayne is, you know, this is just an absolute disaster and it's insane that he, I mean, I think this was asked to him to some degree yesterday when we spoke to him, but the, the degree of you finish this game, your first start into week four, your first opportunity to really get back into the good graces, perhaps, of your head coach, who clearly crapped on all, on you after your benching. He went out of his way back then in week three and week four to talk about your faults, your issues, you know, and, and other things to, to 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 get you out of the lineup to justify why he was going with Kyle Allen and then Alex Smith. And now you're back, and you decide I don't care what was going on. You decide that you're going to go do you know hang out in this in this way is just off the charts irresponsible. And I, and I, you know, I, I don't want to keep hearing about the 23 year old will learn. It's a life lesson and all that. When you walk, when you take that paycheck, you're not just a 12 year old anymore. You are a full fledged adult playing in this big game, in this big time world. I mean, that's just the way that it is. You take the, you take the contract, you take the responsibility. And when we talk about immature stuff, look, I'm very immature at this point of my life. It's pathetic. I'm glad nobody can see what goes on over here on a regular basis. But that's for me. I'm not part of a larger group. If I screw up in a way that it directly affects the athletic, then then they'll have to, to deal with that. So I don't want to give we're not giving Dwayne Haskins any pass. I'm certainly not. I, I guess my only I guess my wonder is this and then we can maybe move on or, or whatever. Do you think, and I totally get what you're saying, and like I said, I'm not disagreeing really with, with your point at all, but if you do you think Ron Rivera gains or loses more support in the locker room by suspending Haskins or playing Haskins? Here's what I know. The players in the locker room trust Ron Rivera. They really do. I, I remember Morgan Moses was a guy who, who was very pro-Dwayne at the start of the year, and, and you remember after Dwayne Haskins was benched, we talked to Morgan Moses, and he said, look, I'm not happy about it. I disagree with this with the decision. But Ron Rivera came into every position group meeting and he sat down 
a, he, he laid it out. He said, here's why I made the decision I did. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I believe. Here's who I want us to be. And, and he, he, he took questions. He said he was in there for an hour and, and he took questions. Anything the guys wanted to ask him, he answered it with honesty. And, and Morgan Moses said, look, I disagreed with the decision, but I respect that. I respect that he was willing to own it. He was willing to, to, to be the guy in charge. To, to come in, take accountability for that, explain his actions to everybody and move on. So I, I think the players trust what Ron Rivera is doing. And I think the players trust whatever decision Ron Rivera makes. And I think he's earned that. And I, I look, I'm very pro Ron. I think he's done a great job. I, I just think every decision you make as a coach communicates something about the kind of operation you run. And I, I think there was middle ground here. I, I do. I don't think he had to cut him. But I, I think when you have a player who has openly flouted the rules that you've spent 15 weeks explaining how important these rules are, how this is incredibly crucial to the success of the season, to everybody getting paid, to, to the league operating. When he flouts those rules, and on Wednesday you let him back in because you don't have any better options, I think that's a statement about the kind of program you run. Yeah, I say I that mean, being pro-run. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear it. Like I said, I think that, if Dwayne Haskins is on this team next year, I think you, your point is a million percent correct. I just think at the end of the day, they cut they cut him and then it's like, oh, or they suspend him or whatever. And they're just looking at it like, well, now what do we do? And, you know, I, I just think they've had, I mean, this is, this is obviously not a normal year on any level between, you know, the, the coronavirus alone, but then on top of everything Ron's gone through, uh, Alex Smith, and then just, you know, this organization you know, continues to be, off the charts bonkers we have you know with everything that's going on with the owners i talked to uh, liz clark with the washington post who's been reporting on all that there's just so yeah. much going on i just think that on some level and again maybe this is an excuse even if this is the case that they just decided we there's we've come too far to let it go even though i agree with you that obviously you know at six and eight nobody's looking at them or shouldn't be looking at them like here are the 85 bears you can't you you, you have to you have to let this thing uh, run its course. And, and I say that, I say that believing full well, if these guys draw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first round, I think they can beat them. I think it's a really good matchup. I think, I think they could beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it'd be an incredible win. I think they could do it. Um, well, that would be off the charts crazy. So, so let me ask you this. So um, as we're talking now, we'll hear more, like I said, from Rivera later. I don't, you know, we don't know, but I'm going to, I guess I'm going to lean on that Alex Smith, not looking great for him yeah. to play based on the fact he's still not even out there taking first team reps today. So if it is Dwayne Haskins, again, he really wasn't that good for most of that game last week. Um, the offensive playbook, you know, looked pretty dialed back per, you know, per usual when he's in there, but you know, he did you know, help rally the team late in the game. I, you know, whether Seattle was just laying off and, and letting Washington do what he needed to do underneath and all that stuff is, is, you know, that, that, that's how all these things always work in the NFL when it comes to, you know, why was a team able to come back? Now they're going up against a Carolina team, more or less playing at the string, four and 10. No Christian McCaffrey. I'm not sure if Brian, uh, Brian Burns is playing, is going to play either their, their version of uh, Montez Sweat uh, from, from last year's class. But, you know, Carolina is going to be hungry. They looked reasonable last week against Green Bay. Uh, what's your feel for this game at this point with regards to if Dwayne Haskins is under center? I mean, now we get to the point of, okay, kid, here we go. You've been given your 27th chance, <laughs> right right or wrong. Let's, let, what do you got? There's a lot of, an insane amount of pressure on him. You could make it a case, his career is on the line. Forget the chance here. 
his career's on the line on some level. People will, will sure he's talented and all that, but to take him seriously, at some point you have to play on top and play well on top of showing some some, some maturity. He's not going to be able to fix the maturity part this the rest of this year. What, what's your sense of of this team going into this game against a Carolina team that will have nothing to play for, which can work both ways? We've obviously seen a bunch of upsets in the last week or two, the Jets, the Bengals, and so on. And I'm a big Teddy Bridgewater fan. I'll say this. I've always liked him, and I think he is a difficult matchup for these guys. I think he does a lot of the things that the quarterbacks who have beaten Washington this year do. You look at it, Kyler Murray, you know, Lamar Jackson, then Russell Wilson. I know Russell Wilson wasn't firing on all cylinders last week, but he made the plays he needed to make to win the game, moving the sticks at key times, finding the receivers at key times. I think, I think Teddy Bridgewater has a lot of that in him. Now, obviously, it's a very limited team. I do think Washington's the favorite to win this game. I, I don't think it'll be easy, but I think if they play the game they played in the second half last week, and that is make Dwayne Haskins be Alex Smith, keep him from turning the ball over through the play calling, through through the way you do it. I, I think the defense is good enough to win the game. I think Dwayne Haskins is good enough to execute the offense at that level. I, I think I think they are expected to win with good reason. I, I think they probably should be able to win if they can limit turnovers and limit Teddy Bridgewater's big plays. In a, in a seat in a year of all this craziness, where would Washington winning the division in week 16 with a seven and eight record, meaning they could, they could rest their players in week 17. <laughs> where would that rank on the scale of, are you kidding me this year? This is, this is a rerun though. Remember when we went down to Dallas for a meaningless game after they had locked up a bad NFC East a few years ago. Uh, this is this is a thing that they do every once in a while, apparently. I, I think the, I think long term, when we look back on 2020, the ownership stuff will be the number one defining big story of the year. And you had, you talked to Liz Clark, I know, and, and she's been all over that. That is the number one biggest thing that has happened to this franchise this year. I think the Alex Smith comeback is an easy number two. I just think that's an incredible story that transcends sports. I would probably take Rivera coaching through cancer as three. Dwayne Haskins, his shenanigans at four, and then Washington winning the NFC East. Let's put that as a tentative five on this list. The fifth, the fifth most impressive thing for something that would probably be the headliner for any other team in any given year. And I assume Chris Russell muting himself repeatedly would be six. That is my personal number one. I will forever cherish that. <laughs> um, um, yeah, for, uh, for, for sure. It's going to be, it, it's going to be fascinating to see, uh, what uh, what transpires? So you 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 wrote about the ownership since you mentioned it. You wrote about that the other day. You you were the first one to put out uh, so what what you found in the court filings, and obviously some things have happened since. You, the court filings you had included the very fun text from this financier John Moog, who's representing the three minority partners, in which he basically not basically he's threatening Dan Snyder. No, no basically. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, basically, uh, we, we, you know, we threatening him that, hey, we know stuff. If you want this to get ugly, you know, we're, we're, we're good with that, too. Uh, wh what's your I mean, you know, er everything changes. It feels like at least a little bit with every new court filing. There was one yesterday. We'll see what you know, I, I don't know about the rest of this week, I guess, because of the holiday. But, you know, there, there's more time to go before the year ends. It's hard to, to know without seeing what what else is out there. But like. At the end of the day, do you think we're seeing anything? I don't think we are. Do you think we're seeing anything that indicates Dan Snyder is going to be in a position to have to sell this team? Because that's really all that anybody is interested in, I guess. I would agree with that assessment. I, I do not think Dan Snyder will be forced to sell the team. 
and I find it very hard to believe he would voluntarily sell the team. I, 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 don't, I just don't think that's an outcome here. Uh, I, I think the most likely outcome is that Dan Snyder retains control of the Washington football team. I, I just think you got billionaires with lawyers, generally speaking, uh, you know, in a situation like this, it's, it's tough to budge a, a judge off of whatever the status quo is. The status quo is Dan Snyder owning the team. Uh, I have not seen anything that rises to the level that he will be forced to sell the team. It would be up to the NFL to make him do it. Uh, I quite frankly just don't see the NFL having the backbone or the spine to do that. Is there something, since you are paying attention to this, all these court stuff, is there something you're kind of curious about or kind of something that's happened in the last couple of days that you're, okay, I want to see where this thread goes or anything along those lines? It, to, to me, the blockbuster was actually a few months ago. It, it was one of the later Washington Post stories, and it was that Dan Snyder had hired his own private investigators to go talk to some of these women, and, and they felt intimidated and threatened by that. That, to me, that to me reeked of desperation. That that wasn't a power play move, and that wasn't a I'm in charge here move. That you know that that lowered him in my eyes that he would hire his own private investigative force concurrent with the NFL's independent investigation. I think if you believe you have the upper hand and the NFL is, is running the show and Roger Goodell has appointed an attorney to do that, I think you let that process run its course. So I was very intrigued by the private investigator story. I think that was one that made me say, well, shoot, you know, the way he's behaving, he is not comporting himself in a way that says, I am confident I'm going to keep this team. Uh, and also, you know, when you behave that way, you start to ask questions about, is there a reason why he feels that way? Is there something he has to be nervous about? Never ends around here. Uh, Michael, I, I'll have to end this podcast because I could keep talking and talking. Any, uh, uh, obviously, go follow Michael on Twitter at Michael P-R-T-D. Anything uh, for, for the folks to, uh, to, to, be, to, to be aware of the coming up on your end? It is always a great pleasure to be in the standing room. Uh, we will, of course, keep cranking through the week and the weekend at richmond.com. I took a lot of heat. I know everybody disagreed with my opinion uh, or a majority of people disagreed. Just know this. I don't get paid by the click. My check's the same on Friday, whether you click or not. I don't write like that. I just call them like I see them. And, and you know, if you disagree, that's all right. Maybe I'll be back on your side next week. But, but my job here is to call them like I see them. That's what I'm going to keep doing. Absolutely. We, 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 that's, that's what makes the world go around. Everybody has to throw out what they think. And uh, like I said, I'm 93% on your side. I, you know, I wasn't Ziggy. You're Jonathan to... Allen on my side. <laughs> they, 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 they I'm going to nudge you to a Duran Payne by the time we're done here. <laughs> uh, I'll, 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 I'll take it up. Uh, Awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for hopping on. We'll, we'll see you on the Zoom in a little bit with Ron, and we'll see what, what happens next. Sounds great. All right, just to wrap things up here on the podcast, I'm, I'm now talking to you guys a couple hours later. We've now gone through Ron Rivera spoke, Jack Del Rio spoke, uh, Case Young spoke. Where we're at right now is, uh, as as Ron Rivera said with the quarterbacks, it's, it's jumbled by that. Al, he means that Dwayne Haskins took the first team reps. Alex Smith didn't do a ton. Uh, Rivera said it's going to be up to Alex to kind of let them know how he feels. He did that last week, led, led to him not playing. He's fine with that in the sense of, you know, he's got, he, he wants Alex Smith to be honest. He was last week. We'll see what happens here against the Panthers. As it stands right now, I think as Michael and I said, 
I would imagine Dwayne Haskins is the one starting, which makes just for unbelievable drama on top of everything else he's gone through this week in what is a massive game, not just for these players, for this franchise, for this city. You know, look, it's conceivable that Washington could clinch the NFC East title on Sunday if the Giants lose and, and Washington wins. Uh, so much, so much of that is just a crazy statement to make, but the fact that now it could come down to whether how well Dwayne Haskins plays is really uh, quite remarkable. I, you know, I have no idea what Stephen Montez or, or Taylor Heineke could do if it came down to that, but what we know is Dwayne Haskins, and I think ultimately, you know, that is the variable that that, that matters. Those guys haven't played. We've seen other quarterbacks this year. Uh, you know, across the league, even, you know, whether you're talking about Alex Smith in week five against the Rams, admittedly a slightly different circumstance because of his, uh, his, his journey. But, you know, we saw Ryan Finley against the Bengals, you know, other quarterbacks in other games. That first game in this odd, the most bizarre of years, that first game is hard to, to, to get going at that spot. And I don't see why I would think it would be otherwise for Montez and, and Heineke, and which isn't to say, you know, like I said, not to, it's not to to, to say, hey, we're going to throw out our principles and what we're all about. But I, I do think in, in this case, I do think it matters. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I agree with a lot that Michael said, but ultimately I, I do fall back on the idea that I think these guys have bought into Rivera. I don't think he's losing capital with them by going down this route, especially if Dwayne Haskins is gone after the season. If Dwayne Haskins is back, different story. But if he's gone, then I don't think it's, it's a, that big of a deal. Uh, what else can I tell you about today? Terry McLaurin, second straight day, didn't practice with an ankle. You know, look, he has been battling through the, the, this injury uh, for a few weeks now. He was obviously able to play last week and, and do so at a pretty good clip. I, I'm not going to say... Uh, to speculate and say he's, you know, two days in a row of out means he he uh, he doesn't play. Doesn't seem great, but at the same point, he has battled through it. So we'll, I'm going to, in my head, assume Terry McLaurin is going to be out there. Uh, Thomas Davis, a knee. He wasn't practicing today. Wouldn't surprise me if he's not available, not based on necessarily the injury, but with Cole Holcomb practicing in full, Rivera said that, uh, you know, that to him that means Holcomb will be good to go against Carolina. Kevin Pierre-Lewis was limited, but even if Holcomb is back, Holcomb and Bostic, those guys could easily play almost all the snaps. And then, and then obviously you have Cleek Hudson uh, filled in last week. So, and you know, Sean Deion Hamilton is, is on IR now. So I'm not saying they don't need Thomas Davis. I am kind of saying though, they don't need Thomas Davis and that he is, you know, he has not been somebody who's been much of a factor at all this year. So it wouldn't surprise me if he is unavailable. Antonio Gibson limited, limited sorry we'll, we'll see where, where he's at uh come friday uh with whatever they do at practice on christmas eve um by the way i should mention uh, my colleague joe person uh, who writes for the uh covers the panthers for the athletic he interviewed ron rivera uh you know talking about rivera's uh time in carolina i suggest go go check that out and of course all of joe's work with regards to covering the Panthers, you know, look, Teddy Bridgewater is obviously a pretty interesting quarterback and, you know, the Panthers are going to be excited to play. This is, you know, it's, I wouldn't, I would hardly go so far as to say that them playing the what, six and eight Washington football team is their Super Bowl. But obviously when you're out of it, 
the best thing you can look to do is knock somebody else out of it. And they've got that shot. I think they're going to come out ready to go. And uh, they got a lot to prove. I'm sure Matt Rule has a lot to prove, too. He's heard all this week about Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, the man he replaced. Uh, I'm sure he would like to show, hey, there's a new man in charge of Carolina setting his own his own standard, his own traditions. And, uh, you know, we're going to do things differently here. So we'll see what he can do for that team. Um, you know, Rivera has done, for the most part, been able to sort of, you know, he, he answered some questions with regards to Carolina. But at the, by and large, he's he's done everything he can to keep the focus on the game. He said today, what's most important by far is this game, what it means, not anything personal for him or anybody else. And obviously that's a message he's going to get across to the team. At the same time, I would imagine the players very much understand what this means for this coach after all the time he spent with the Panthers getting let go last year. You know they would love to win one for him, especially everything that's happened this year, what he's gone through, what they've gone through. It's really, I mean, just in the last two weeks, all the things that have happened would, would be headlines for any normal season. And this year, as, as Michael and I discussed, they don't even necessarily crack uh, the, the top two or three. Uh, but the owner, well, I guess I should take that back. The ownership stuff, that that that, that does. But, you know, it, it, it's just it's just a, an unbelievable year that we've all had to... Um, had to deal with for sure. Uh, while I got you guys here, if you're if you're a Wizards person, I did uh, Fred Fred Katz's Wizards After Dark podcast. Uh, you can find that on the Athletic. We talked after the Wizards' opening night loss to the 76ers. I was actually, you know, somewhat optimistic. At least they're entertaining. That that was the level of my optimism. So you can go check that out on the Athletic. Uh, if you uh, haven't yet, please subscribe to the Athletic. Definitely appreciate it. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you can do so on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Standick. You can follow uh, my guest, Michael Phillips, at Michael P. RTD. Really thanks. Uh, big thanks to Michael, as always, for stopping by. And thanks to you guys for listening. Most of all, have a happy and safe holiday. Obviously, this is going to be weird, and it's not anything close to normal, I imagine, for most of us. But hopefully, you can make do. Hopefully, we can get through this uh, holiday season, get, get into New Year's and uh, get on to better times. And look, the Washington football team, for many of you, will, could provide that if they can get a big win on Sunday. We will see what happens. But we'll be back after uh, some point after the game to discuss all of that. Uh, that's it for now. Ben Standick signing off here on the Standick Room Only podcast. And until next time.